Lovely. Okay, here we go. Dan last week talked about stuck. Not getting stuck. Not staying not, stuck. Not staying stuck. This is stuck too. This morning, stuck too. Never mind, you'll find out. Just be patient. Stuck two, T double O. I'm aware this is the last preach word you're going to get this year. And I feel it's important that we we put something in to the end of this year that springboards us into where we're going next year. And so I'm going to pick up on what Dan brought last week from the same scripture. And I want to pull out some stuff which I see God doing. Okay, I may repeat some of the stuff that Dan says. That doesn't matter. It's worth repeating. Amen. One of the blessings of having Dan with me is that we spark very much off each other. Not in a nasty way, but in a spiritual way. I've noticed over the last, since he's come full time alongside me that we, we have that ability to feed off each other to a certain extent and I love that and when he was preaching from, from Joshua and that's where we're going again this week last week I'm sitting in my seat there and I'm thinking God you're, you're saying something here and he was saying something to my heart that I need to bring out and present to you so I thank, thank Dan for sparking that again. I, had a, I got a totally different word prepared in the back of my, my Bible here that I thought I was going to bring. And then God brought me back to Joshua. So Joshua chapter 3. <clears throat> Joshua chapter 3. Then Joshua rose early in the morning and they set out from the Achaia Grove and came to the Jordan and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priests, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people, so they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to magnify you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. You shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. 
And Joshua said, by this you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Gideites and the Amorites and all the other rites that are in the land. Amen? Amen. Okay. You've got to get the ites out the way. Starts at verse 3. Verse 3. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Verse 4. Keep the space because you have not passed this way before. Okay, you have not passed this way before. This is our message for today. Going into next year. You have not passed this way before. When you see the ark. Now, they arrive. Well, now we'll get into that bit in a minute. When you see the ark, how many of you are seeing the move of God coming from the Wednesday night meeting? The life meeting. (laughs) If you don't see it, you're going to miss what God's doing for next year. You have to see the ark moving. The ark represents the very presence of God. So Joshua said, when you see the ark move, we need to have spiritual eyes open, being intentive. Now, it was very interesting this week. We didn't have, couldn't have the meeting this week because of the weather, but we had more people on Zoom I think, than we've probably ever had before, which is brilliant. But if you don't, you're going to look like a stranger in the midst of people you know. Because the people you know will be to have moved on beyond where you are now at. And that can cause confusion to you. And I've even known people get upset by that in the past and some have even left the church because of it in the past things have changed Rob I want to tell you a church that stands still is becomes a dead church God never stands still what we've had in the past is precious but we don't hold the past we embrace today and we look for tomorrow in God It's a picture. The ark was going to go before them into the Jordan. The ark represents Jesus Christ. The presence of God goes before them. Amen? In all things, Jesus must have the preeminence. 
and all our plans and all our schemings, not schemings, and all our plans, he must have the preeminence. He must be number one. But you've got to see him move. He's the shepherd. We're the sheep. The sheep can't dictate to the shepherd and tell the shepherd where they want to go. Cassie doesn't get a rebellion on her hands from her sheep. They might look at her sometimes and run away. But sheep are never called to rebel. They're called to follow. Crossing the Jordan, Jesus ascended to heaven on our behalf. He paved the way. It's a picture of where we're going, except the Canaan is not the picture of heaven. Because in the Canaan where they're going, it is a land flowing with milk and honey, but it's a land where they're going to have to fight. And stand up for the things of God and take the possession. Our heaven, the battle's already won in Christ Jesus. He's paved the way, which is good news. The way led the way, the truth made a way, the life walked the way in truth into glory. What's coming is better. Now, verse 4 says, you have not walked this past this way before. Now, when you read that, it sounds like we're going to be walking on unfamiliar territory. That's not true. That's not the context in which it's written. It's got nothing to do with walking in unfamiliar ways, familiar, unfamiliar territory. Don't forget they've been in the wilderness for 40 years. They've been walking in unfamiliar territory. That's not what God meant here. Now he used in the scripture, in the Hebrew there, the, the way I would pronounce it Derek, D-E-R-E-K, Derek. I don't know how you pronounce it. doesn't make any difference doesn't change it. In eight other places, that word way is translated into that Hebrew word. And it means something very different. It means manner. M-A-N-N-E-R. You have not walked in this manner before. It's got nothing to do with unfamiliar territory. The context, it doesn't Take us that way. God has given them directions on when to move, how to move, and what's going to happen. And what God is laying before the children of Israel here, there's going to be a new way coming. That's going to demand that you personally walk in a new way to how you have walked before. That's the context of that phrase. Nothing to do with unfamiliar territory. They spent 40 years in unfamiliar territory. 
And God's not going to repeat himself and say, you know, you're going into unfor... You know, we're used to that. He says, no, there's a different way you're going to walk. And I'll reveal that to you. Now, before... Before this event, they were led by the cloud during the day. They had a fire by night and cloud by the day. They had um, air conditioning. Cloud during the day kept the heat of the day, the scorching sun from them. But the cloud represent also the presence of God. And it was a massive cloud. So that the, the four or five million Israelites, everyone could see when God moved. And when God stopped moving. And they pitched camp again. That's how they walked through the wilderness. Led by God. Everyone could look up. There was not one that was without excuse. Could not see the presence of God during the day. And the presence of God during the night in the fire. So when the cloud moved by day. We uprooted and we move with the cloud. God in the midst. The cloud was in the middle of them. And what God is saying, you're not going to pass that way anymore. There's going to be a new manner of walking. Wow. You know, I believe God is saying the same thing to us. Next year, this coming year, is going to be a new way of walking with him. And that is the essence of the prophetic word that God has given us. It's all about walking with him and seeing what he can do. And if you read the prophecy, there's a lot in there that says you've never walked this way before. But you're going to. Because I'm going to restore, God says. I'm going to refresh and restore. I'm going to make it new, Nora, for you. Amen. Christ. What we like is Christ in the midst. What we really like we, we, in our meetings, in our worship, it's feeling Christ in the midst. What we really like on a daily basis is feeling God in the midst of us. Now, he is within us by the Holy Spirit. But what God is going to do is say, from now on, you're going to walk without feelings. Sometimes God, you know, we, we, we confess, we were, I feel this is what God is saying to me. There's coming a time as we learn to re-walk with him when you won't say, I feel God is saying this to me. You'll be saying, I know God has said this to me. Now he's not going to leave you. We heard that this morning. He will never leave you or forsake you. And he will bring you at a pace that you can cope with. But he's going to bring us at a body of church 
Not individually, he's going to bring us as a body and move us forward. But it's not going to look like it did before. It's not going to sound like it did before. Because we're going to have a new manner of walking. Walking by faith, not by sight. Walking by faith, not by feelings. Walking by faith, not by gaps in between. Now don't forget, they were three days on the edge of the Jordan. Three days, every morning they got up, they saw the Jordan. They did not see the deliverance of God at that moment. What they saw was the impossibility of crossing over. They did not know what God was going to do. They didn't remember what he could do. You need to remember when you don't know the unknown that's crept up on you, you need to remember what God has done. When all you have is that memory, I want to tell you something, that's enough. If you'll cling on, no, God has delivered me in the past. He's going to deliver me again. If it's three days, three weeks, three months, three years, he'll do it. Now, not only is God going to get us to walk in a new manner, He's going to walk in a new manner. Before, the ark was carried by a select group. And check that out with Moses. We'll go back further back in the Bible. From now on, it's going to be the priests who are going to carry the ark. There's a change of order. A change of order. Before, I'm, I'm trying to remember, I should have written it down in my notes. It wasn't the priests before that carried the ark under Moses. But now it is the priests. A new order is God is going to manifest himself in a new order. Jesus does the same. He's going to walk before us. If you want to know where Jesus is in your situation, he's walking before you. Not behind you. Not beside you. He's walking in front of you, making a way. So priests, a new arrangement, a new order. The priests bearing the presence of Christ led by the word of God. The word has come through Joshua, to Joshua, through Joshua to the people. God said, I'm manifesting myself in a new way, with a new order. What I did with Moses was great, but what I'm going to do is magnify you in the sight of the people. As we pick up that challenge, God is going to magnify you in the presence of unsaved people. That his glory might come forth. It's not about you. 
He's not glorifying you or me. He's glorifying himself. But he said, I will magnify you. I will open doors that you can't open. I will shut doors that you can't shut. I will make a way where you cannot make a way. Now, let me show you something or remind you of something. This is what... um, Don't go there, I'll read it for you. This is what 1 Peter says. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you, you, you on the screen, whoever's listening to this, who's ever viewing this, if you've accepted Jesus, this is for you. But you are a chosen generation. A new generation has risen up in Christ. That was not there before. A new order has kicked in. A new generation. A royal priesthood. For the first time, the royal priesthood, the kingship, has been united with the priesthood. It's a new way, a new order. Before there were royalty and there were priests. The two were separate. In Jesus, the two have been brought together. You are a royal priesthood. Lift up your head. Stop looking down. Stop looking at what you don't have and start living like royalty. Except don't copy our royalty. Bless them. You are a royal priesthood. A holy holy nation. Watch this in a minute. Watch what's coming. Okay, watch what's coming here. You are a holy nation. There's only going to be one nation. God doesn't have two nations. One nation unto himself. Okay? A special people. Why? That you might proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness out of darkness where there was no way he made a way and took us out of darkness the Jordan is not going to stand in your way out of darkness into his marvellous light now here comes the interesting thing watch this one who once were not a people We were not the people of God. Okay, this will test your theology now. But this is what the Word says. I don't care what you think. This is what the Word says. I'm in the croak. That you were not a people, but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. The Jews are not the people of God. They're not. That's ended. They are no different to you and I. They need salvation. There is a new nation created. A new people because of Jesus. Your theology says they are still the chosen people. You are wrong. 
according to the word. There's a new nation, a new people, a royal priesthood who have been chosen, called by God to present and hit, uh, unto his praise, thank you Dan, and unto his glory. That'll test some theology. Don't take it up with me afterwards. I'm only quoting the word. Argue with the word. There is a chosen people. It's the new nation, which is from every nation. Every color, every creed can come into this nation. And he's going to lead them in a new way. Now, <clears throat> it's a picture of the ark. This scripture in, in 1 Peter is a picture of the ark of the covenant. We're a new nation on the way. He'll make a way. He'll lead the way. For he is the way. But we're going to walk in a new manner, the way in which we've never walked before. Not feeling at times comfortable. Not, not at times knowing the way. Just following the way. Following the presence of Jesus. Because we see the way. With all our own problems and situations around us. Now when you follow the way, when you focus your eyes on the way, not on your situation, he takes care of the situation. Now you might be three days on the beach, waiting for the way to open up. You might be three months, three years, doesn't matter, 30 years, it doesn't matter. One moment with God refreshes the heart. One moment with God when he meets that need is all you need. In the meantime, trust him. Walk with him. He'll feed you. He'll keep you. He'll protect you. And nothing will overtake you that you cannot bear. What did the ark contain? A couple of things. But the one I want to major on here is just the Ten Commandments, the law. This is not a time to live under the law. In fact, as Gentiles, we're not called to live under the law. The law was given to the Jews. It wasn't given to the Gentiles. Now it's a good set of rules to live by. But we weren't, it wasn't given to us. It was given specifically to his own people then. What I love about the ark is that in the ark were the Ten Commandments, but above the Ten Commandments was the mercy seat, the golden mercy seat, with the two cherubim, one at each end, and the two cherubim with, with their arms folded, looking down, but look, not looking out, but looking sideways into the middle of the mercy seat. Because in the middle of the mercy seat, there dwelt the presence of God. 
He's come out of the cloud. He's now becoming manifest. The mercy seat covers the law. Christ came to fulfill, not to abolish it, but to fulfill it and meet all its requirements for you and me that this new nation, this new people can live under mercy and grace and not under law. I haven't got to the bit I want to get to yet. He says, when you see the priests carry the ark into the water, when you see the priests carrying the ark into the water, when you see the priest you are a priest unto our God you carry the presence of God wherever you go and the presence of God wants to move into places that are impossible to make a way through you what little old me little old Jen yeah because it's not little Lou Jen. Little young Jen. <laughs> You're mighty in God to pull him down strongholds. You are. You are. You stop looking at your weaknesses. Stop looking at what God is doing and moving. Now, as the ark went into the water, the waters parted. Dan said last week, went all the way back to Totnes. Fifteen miles, I think Dan said last week. Actually, if you check the scripture there, it says the name in the, in the New King James is actually all the way back to Adam, the city of Adam. It's a picture of you and me when we were sinners. Because when Adam fell, we fell. But the parting of the way goes all the way back. Adam has to be dealt with in Christ. The second Adam came and we committed our life to him. And he parted the way for you and me to walk over on dry land. All the way back to Adam. What happened when they started to walk over? What? No, no, no. Let's back up a bit. When the priests put their feet in the water... And the, the River Jordan is overflowing its banks. It's at flood time. Probably a mile across, a mile now, a mile wide, at least that, probably maybe even more. When the priests put their feet in the water, guess what's happening on the other side? 
There's a lot of attention because we got four million or five million people this side, God's people. But guess what's happening the other side of the Jordan? The ites are starting to see something that is putting fear into their hearts. Because the God of Israel is parting the water. When you put your feet in the water and God starts to make a way, your enemy will part. He will have fear that you're going to walk on dry land and come and take possession of what God has for you next year. They're thinking, their God even parts the river? What kind of God is this? Our gods can't do that. Who is this God that even the waters obey him? Isn't that what the disciples said in the boat? In the wind and the waves? He's Lord of the wind and even the wind and the waves obey him. Who is this Christ? And they've been with him for a time when that before that. But who is he? You see, each occasion that kicks into your life is a new dimension that you can discover something more of who he is. Don't look at what's coming. Look at who he is revealing himself as. The enemy will flee from you. The enemy will flee. In fact, if you carry on to read it through, there's occasions when they went up against the enemy and the enemy said, we surrender. We're not going to fight against you. Your God's too strong. Your God's too strong. I want to tell you, Jesus defeated the enemy on the cross. We've got to stop trying to refight the fight that's been won and walk in the victory. Amen. 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 So what can we learn from this? Apart from the fact that Rob's got excited. Well, the first thing you've got to learn to walk a different way. You've got to put away sin. And the Bible says the sin that so easily besets us, overtakes us. Repent of it. Turn around. God, I've done it again. Forgive me. Let you, God, will your grace cover me? You know my heart. I don't want to be like this. But it so easily overtakes me. And he will grace you. He doesn't grace your strength. He graces your weakness. Because grace is, is a power word. It's not a feeble word. It's, it's a power word that enables you eventually to so hate what you're doing that you turn away and walk in a different direction. We've got to see God. 
You've got to see this Jesus in a new way. What a glorious God we serve. Do you know what he did here? Do you know, do you know what he did here? He turns liquid floods called water into solid walls. You know, you thought, and all they did was walk in with the presence of God. The river pulls back both ways. And he turns water into solid walls. Wow. 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 He turns rivers into highways. He can reverse it. You can say there's a river in your way. I'll make that your highway. You'll float in where I want you to float in. If he did it for Moses, he'll do it for Joshua. How many times did God part water? Most people think it's twice. Moses and Joshua. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. If you go to Genesis chapter 1, verse, 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 verse 9, you'll see that God divided the waters from the land and says, made dry land. God is opening their eyes to say, I am the God of creation that the Jordan cannot deny me when I walk in, physics have to obey me because I created the physical. God here in, in Joshua is merely confirming and they've forgotten it. They've forgotten their history. You know, when you're feeling down, when you're feeling pressured, what everybody says is call on the name of Jesus, and that's good, you do that. But I've got something else for you as well. You remember the old saints that walked before you. You remember their lives. And how they called on the name of the Lord in impossible situations and God answered them. Yeah. Yeah. Dan touched on it last week, the memorial stones. Remembering your life when God met that need and you never even called on his name. He said, because before you even call on me, I'll answer. He did it for Moses. Well, he did it in Genesis chapter 1. When did he do it? On the third day. Check it out. Genesis chapter 1. On the third day, God parted the waters and created the dry land. This is no difficulty for God. Nothing is impossible. If you read, I challenge you, read the creation again. All God is doing is recreating from the creation. And people say to me, I don't believe that God created the world. 
My dear brother or sister, you haven't got a clue what you're talking about. I wouldn't go that far, but because that would be a miracle. Could you do what that shoe is? In case you no, don't know it. I'm done. Take me shoe off. That's <laughs> In your life, in my life, God wants to demonstrate himself as the creator God. Yeah. Yeah. The creator God. Who takes nothing and doesn't need anything and just speaks it into existence. Yes. Jesus said, you take my word, you take my word and you speak it out because I've given you authority to use my word. You will say to this mountain, be removed. And the mountain will be removed. We've got to stop talking about the mountain and talk, stop talking to God about the mountain and speak to the mountain. Your troubles, your troubles might have reached the high water mark. In fact, your troubles, your situation may be even overflowing. And it's not nice. We've all been there. Everything around you is just overtaking you. Overflooding you. Leaves you with a feeling of, I can't cope. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. Where's God? All those kind of questions. Help, help. Help, I'm drowning. When that overtakes you, when that overfloods you, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He will come on your behalf. He will not deny you. First of all, he will strengthen you in your inner being. Your inner man, as Paul calls it. And his promise is this, nothing is over, overtaken you that you're not able to endure. It doesn't feel that way. But you can endure it for a season. Because in that season, God is, wants to reveal to you who he is. For you, personally. It's a new way to walk. God says the ark is going to go before you. My presence will go before you. Now, you've got five million people, four or five million people maybe, on the bank. The ark is in the water. The people, the only people that are going to see the ark initially are those at the front of the queue. That's a picture of a church. There are going to be those that see God move, see where God's going, and other people can't see it. 
because they haven't arrived yet at the edge. What we have to do is trust what's happening. Trust God in what is happening, that he's manifesting his presence, even if I don't see it yet, but it will be my turn. And the other issue is this. Joshua had to get 12 priests to carry the ark. And it had to be 12 people who were prepared to move in faith over a raging river. This is not a passive scene. This is life and death. When they pick up those poles with the ark, the 12, it's a picture of the 12 disciples that Jesus called in the New Testament. He sent them out, 12. He sent the 12 out, bearing the load, if you like, of what he told them to do. But when these 12 priests stepped into this raging river, which was about to swamp them, you've got to follow the people of faith. In every group, in every church, genuine church of Jesus Christ, there will be a group of people with the faith to pick up the pole, with the faith to pick up the mantle, with the faith to walk in the way that God has said. And when you see that, follow. When they stepped into that river and the river started to move back, they were laying in the foundation for Romans 8, 28. For all things work together for good to those who are called. Who are the called? I am. Who are the called here this morning? You are. All things in the midst of a raging river. And these guys, the river parts and the dry land. Now, now, if I'd have been there with Wendy and our three children, this is where it gets a bit difficult because Wendy can't run. Exactly. What's the natural thing to do? Run. Running would have been an attitude of disbelief. I gotta get over there as fast as I can. Never mind the 12 guys who are stood in the middle carrying the presence of God for hour after hour after hour as four to five million people walked across according to the instruction of God. It tells me that there's going to be times when you're going to carry the burden and the presence of God while others are walking through. But you're carrying it for him. And you're carrying it for your brother and your sister. The word says, bear one another's burdens. 
I admire these guys in the middle. They don't know what's happening 15 miles away. Just as the water went back, just so it can come back in a moment. You know, that's who God wants us. In the uncertainty of the moment, I just want to carry your presence, God. I'm going to carry your presence. I'm going to walk in a new way that I've never walked before. That is the essence of what is prophesied in this prophecy. It's a new way. It says we're going to see things not in the old way, but in a new way. I challenge you this morning. I challenge you on the screen this morning. What way are you walking? You comfortable with how it's been? Well, I want to tell you, if you get comfortable with how it's been, you'll not see God part your problem. Because it's only the presence of God that brings an answer to prayer. His presence. Not my presence. Not my turning out sermons week after week. Not my praying. My praying doesn't cut it. His presence does. But when my praying is in his presence, it's different. Because I pray according to his way. Not my way. And sometimes I think my way and some of the things maybe I want to pray for are good and wholesome things to pray for. But God says I'm not in that at the moment. Trust me. I'm moving in that. I will answer that. But you follow me. Just follow me. And I'll get you to the other side. I'm going to lead you into a land next year that's flowing with milk and honey. Oh, lovely Lord. Oh, milk and honey. Oh, wonderful. That means everything's met. Oh, my, you know, I ain't got any worries. No, you didn't say that. You said because there's enemies in the land. That's right. That's why Canaan is not a picture of heaven. In heaven, there's going to be no battles to fight. No. That hymn, when I call Canaan shore and all that, lot, it's wrong. We're called to stand up and fight in Jesus' name. But we don't do the fighting because he's gone before us. What we're called to do is stand. Yeah. Equipped with the armor. Yeah. Having done all, stand. Yeah. And not move. Yeah, but they're moving over there. They're moving over there, running away. I've got to do something, God. I've got to do something. No, stand. On my word. And I'll move. And the enemy will flee from you. You know, that's the essence of that scripture that says, submit yourself to God and the enemy will flee from you. He doesn't flee from you until he believes that you believe what you believe. Because he doesn't have to. 
If you don't believe what you believe, if you're not walking in what you believe, he's not going to, he's got no need to flee from you. But when you believe what you believe, he has to flee from you because the presence of God pushes back darkness. Oh, we're going to move into a good land next year, spiritually speaking. Why? Because we're special? Yes. Yes, we are special. We're God's chosen generation, a holy nation, a royal priesthood to declare his praises, to declare his glory in the darkness. We're the light in a dark world. We're walking, going to walk into a land that's overflowing. But I want to tell you something. You don't need to take anything with you. Why? Because he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. He has blessed you, not will bless you. You lack nothing. It's just that we're not used to exercising those spiritual things that God has given to us. You've not passed this way before. It's going to be a new way to walk next year. I believe that. I believe it. I'm going to ask you something now. I'm going to ask you to, to acknowledge by raising your hand. You're going to walk with us. You're going to walk with us into this new land, this new way. Because me and him are going together. Yeah. Me and him have been joined together yeah. by God. Yeah. It's a marriage made in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> we won't go any further into that one. It's a union that God has made in heaven for an appointed time. And when my hands grow weak, he'll lift my hands. When my legs grow weak, he'll run for me. When my voice begins to go, he'll talk for me. When I'm feeling unloved, he'll love me. And we promise you that we will lead you where we see God going. Where we see God going next year. And it's going to be a good year in Jesus. Spiritually speaking, we're coming through. Amen? Amen. 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 Amen.